Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. Amen. <laughs> okay, I would like to introduce someone very special to me. Very, very special. She has a word for today, and I want to encourage you to give Eliza a warm welcome as she comes to share. Hey, good, good morning. I'm so happy to be here. Are you happy to be here? Do you know that right now is unique than any other time that we'll ever be together? That means that something can happen right now that can never happen again. It's a unique place. I just want you to right now just stir up your faith. And set your gaze on the Lord, and let's just come expectant. In fact, um, let's just pray. Father, I just thank you for your presence that is here. I thank you for each person that is here. I thank you, Lord God, for your word. I thank you that you know where each of us are on our journey with you. And I thank you that the best is yet to come. Lord, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would right now just woo and you would stir and you would convict and you would transform and you would help us to be aligned to the fullness of what you have for us, in and through us in this season, in this time. And we just say we love you so much. Truly, we love you. It's such a privilege and honor to be sons and daughters of a living father and king and creator of it all. We just come, we we come hungry, become teachable. We come yielded. We come with expectancy. And Lord, I pray for your grace of transformation, that it won't just be a, a word that we hear, but it would, you would use it to bring transformation in us and then through us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, open up your Bible to Psalm 24. And I just really want to encourage you. Um, I mean, I... I I love um, so much my Bible. In fact, um, this one is my, um, it's huge, but it's not because I think, wow, I just need to walk around with a big Bible. It's just that when, <laughs> when um, I was in my 20s, there was a woman named Sandra Robertson. She was um, you know, talking to me. I was just like, I want to get a new Bible. And she said, you should get a Thompson Chain Link Bible. And so I did, and I love it. And um, I had gotten it in the, at the time I was, um, reading the NIV version. That was the church that we were in. They were using NIV, so I got NIV. And, man, I, I used that Bible. And, um, and and then by the time, I mean, it's still on my shelf. And it's, it looks, well, it looks more weathered than this one because this one's been rebound. But um, <laughs> I just love the Word of God. I love the sound of the page. I love how Holy Spirit encounters me and in the word, but anyway, so um, I got my, um, so when I was in my 30s, I was praying, and I was, memor- I had memorized scri- scriptures that I'd memorized as a little girl, and they'd come up, and I'd flip through that NIV, and I couldn't find it, because I'd memorized it in the new, in the King James, and so I had to go and get a new King James, because I couldn't get over the these, and the thous, and the thus, but anyway, so this is a new King James, and I thought, you know what, I need a, I mean, <laughs> this is, I don't know if you can see it because I write in pencil, but like 
there's all these notes here, like, and it's like that in so much. It's because I have a history with Holy Spirit and with Jesus with His Word. So, I mean, it's great to have an app and look at different, but I just want to encourage you, get your Bible and begin to build a relationship and a history with it. Just my little blurb. I mean, there's nothing wrong with advices. I mean, I, I use that, but I, so I'd gotten, I thought, well, I need a, I need more space to write. <laughs> and so I got a, I just got a new King James Journal and Bible, and I was thinking, well, maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll write, and that one, and I was like, this thing, this Bible just seems so empty because I didn't have my history with the Lord. So I'm going to, I don't know, maybe I'll bring it for notes, I don't know. Anyway, Psalm 24. <laughs> the earth is the Lord's and the fullness in it. The world and those who dwell in it. He founded upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Okay, so just the, the bottom line is God created it. He established it. Everything in it is his. Everybody in it is his. We're all in agreement? All right. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Who can stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who's not lifted up his soul to an idol or sworn deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Selah. That word Selah means just pause in its presence. And then after that pause, it says, lift up your heads, O you gates, be lifted up, you everlasting door, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, be lifted up, your everlasting door, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Selah. All right, so I am going to share with you something that I would say is my heart, uh, my life message. And um, some of it you've heard before, and um, maybe some of you have never heard things of this, but I think it's important. And it's not my life message. I just feel like God has given me um, a mandate to raise up a generation that will say, we will be a people that will seek your face, O God of Jacob. We're going to lift up our heads, though you get said the king of glory may come in. And that we, I feel like I'm called to help raise up a people that will prepare room in their hearts and in their lives. And wherever they go, they're walking so full the spirit and yielded to him to make space for him to come in and to move i feel like i'm called to stir you up to recognize that you are part of that generation it is not about a one person thing i mean i have we happen to be pastors here but i'm going to tell you it's about the people of god rising up in the lord taking their space making place for the king of glory to come in one generation one generation. And so I'm here to say we're going to break down the dividing walls within the generations because it's not the heart of God. If Jesus came back right now, are you breathing? You would be part of the generation of his return. He's going to come back. 
And I want to be a part of a people that run in that forerunner. A forerunner is someone who prepares way for the one who's coming. That's what we're called to do. We're to be forerunners preparing the way because he's coming. He came. He's here. He's coming again. So, uh, I'm going to weave some stories. I don't know if we are coming up, Sam and I are coming up in May, 20 years that we moved here and planted this church. It's been 20 years. 20 years. And the name of the church at that time that God gave us was King of Glory. Okay, it's still all about the King of Glory. And I just want to go on record and say, we are going to be a Jesus generation. <laughs> it's all about the King of Glory, and we're going to be a people that prepare him room to come in. And, you know, we, we shifted, I guess we've been two years now, officially in the process of changing our name to Generation Church. And the focus is Jesus, the King of glory. That hasn't changed, but the Lord wants us to understand who we are to be. And that is a generation who will seek his face, live in such a way, and then lift up our gates, creating space that the King of glory can come in. Okay, so it's not that our, it's like the Lord wants us to remember, this is who you are. So, um, when we were first married, we're, we're five years apart. And when we were first married, we had Samuel. Maybe I was pregnant with Amy. And it was the first time that I was aware of being in the church and seeing a cultural divide. And it may have been there before, but the reason I was so aware of it is because we were sitting down and the speaker said, everybody that's 25 and under, stand up. And so I'm standing and he's sitting. And the word was that revival is going to come through the youth and the young people. And I, I say yes, but I don't believe that's the whole truth. It is to come, but I'm going to tell you, it cannot come fully to the fullness of what God wants until we learn how to walk as one. And we need the, all the generations. We need them all. Because what does that do if you are older than 25? What, what automatically? And it's not that it's the heart of anybody. What's the enemy going to say? You've missed your moment. Now, now. I'm, how old am I? I'm, I'm, I'll be 54 soon. <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> What'd he say? Oh, yeah. Well, he'll be 60 soon, so. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> uh, we love each other so much. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, let me, I'll just take this one. Um, so the enemy then begins to speak. You're, you've missed your time. You're, you don't have any worth. And it's just so, so wrong. And then for the younger generation, that puts an awful lot of pressure. 
because it's like, well, what does that mean? I don't know how to do that, <laughs> you know. And so I just want to submit to you that a sustainable move of God, which I believe revival will fill the earth. His glory will cover the earth like the water's covering the sea. I believe the only way that's going to be sustainable is that we learn how to run as hard as we can after God. And we also know how to, to pass the baton, but run together. And that doesn't mean you'll pass the baton until you stop breathing. That's when you pass the baton. <laughs> you keep going after him in each part. You know, Ecclesiastes this says that everything is beautiful in its time. I just want to say where you are in your season of life, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Right where you are. It's where God has you, and it's beautiful because it's in his time. It's in his season. He makes all things beautiful in their season, in their time. Okay, so, um, like I said, we had, we had married. And I, I was just very aware, like, this, that was the first time I saw that divide. Um, we are parents, and I have this mentality, I want to raise my children. This, I'm just being honest, this is where I was. I'm gonna raise, I want to raise my children that they'll know God, and one day they'll walk with him, which was good. I didn't have an understanding and a vision, though, that they can know God right now. And they can run with him all the days of their life. And he began to impart that to me. And he began to speak to me about Malachi 4, 6. He'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. And so, like I said, this is a, this is a journey of my life. And there's no way I can say it all right now. But I, I remember one day, um, this time, fast forward, I'm probably around 30. So all of our children are born. And we're... Um, where um, he's a pit, he's a pastor in training, <laughs> and <laughs> that's what they called him. <laughs> he's a pit, and um, the things the Lord was teaching me about um, raising and training my children, he began to expand my vision that this isn't just for your kids, but this is my heart for all kids. And um, so it was just a thread that I was constantly pouring on. And so one day I'm reading in Matthew 24, and let's just look there real quick. Um, Matthew 24, Jesus is, is talking about the end meaning when the Son of Man returns. This is before he goes to the cross. And in verse 32, I was reading this, verse 32, and it says, Learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and it puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see all these things, Know that is near at the door. One of the translations says at the gates. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take a place. Heaven and earth pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. And I remember reading that. And just thinking, all right, Jesus, 
generations have come and gone. <laughs> and I don't understand. It's saying that this generation won't pass away. And I heard in my spirit him whisper, I'm waiting for this generation. And I didn't, like, I didn't really have a framework for that. In fact, I learned this week in our small group that there's actually a Bible verse that talks about God waiting. <laughs> I, I wasn't familiar with that. I just knew what I heard. In Isaiah 30, 18, it says, The Lord will wait expectantly that he may be gracious to you, and therefore he will be exalted, that he may have mercy Compassion on you, for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. And so I begin to go, okay, that is where I begin to go, okay, wow, this idea of when he returns, there will be a one generation. And, like, I don't know when he's coming back. I mean, it has to be sooner than it's ever been before. <laughs> right? And I want to live as if it could happen any moment, not in fear, but in faith. You know, and the thing is, I think part of the weight is that the Lord is long-suffering, and he doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants his word, his goodness, his love to be known to all people. That is his desire, and that's why it's so important that there's a generation, and I know that there's going to be a generation that is, fully given to the mission and the mandate of the king and his kingdom in preparing him room and making space for him. Habakkuk 2, 1 through 4 says, I will stand my watch and I'll set myself on rampant and watch and see what he will say to me. And I'll answer when I'm corrected. What I'll say when I answer or when I'm corrected. And then the Lord said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed or future time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. It will be fulfilled. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because surely, certainly it will come. It will not tarry. Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright, but the just, the righteous, live by faith, their faithfulness to God. Okay, so I'm believing that part of what I'm wanting to do right now is try to make it plain, make it seen. We need to write that. We need to go because, see, there's such a cultural um, disconnection for the generations. I, I Googled, or I don't know, whatever, I guess I Googled, actually used something different, but anyway. Um, <laughs> these are just in this, ha in, in, right now in your breathing, if you would do me a favor, if you were born somewhere between 1901 and 1924, slip your hand up. 1901 to 1924. <laughs> Slip your hand up. There she is. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> okay, so according to the world, Jane, 
It's part of the greatest generation. <laughs> That's what it says. Okay? Now, if you were born between 1925 and 1945, slip your hand up. That's known as the silent generation. And they have reasons why. A lot of this is because of the things that were happening culturally at the time. All right, if you were born between 1946 and 1964, raise your hand. There's your baby boomers. <laughs> Come on. That's right. <laughs> okay, baby boomers, all right. All right, if you were born between 1965 and 79, raise your hand. Okay, we are Generation X, according to our cultural norms. All right, 1980 to 1994, raise your hand. Generation Y, also the millennials. Now, if you really want to know who a millennial is, such a buzzword. All right, and then um, 1995 to 209, okay, um, that is Generation Z, okay. They have a, a new generation already started, and that would be up, up there, um, 2010 to 2024. They haven't even come yet. They've already been named the Alpha Generation. But I thought, wow, what about Alpha Omega beginning and end? The Jesus Generation. That's what we want to be. Okay, because the thing is, is what happens is we begin to think in terms of our little blocks, and actually God is a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's a God where the generations run together. Do you know what a joy it is to me to be worshiping? And there was a time, you know, 25 years ago that I'm worshiping with my kids, and now I'm worshiping, and my grandkids are worshiping with me? It's such a blessing to me. But see, it's more than just my, it's more than just me and my, my, my literal, it's, it's my spiritual kids as well. And let me tell you something. I see myself as a daughter, but I'm also a mother. I didn't stop being a daughter. This is why I so appreciate the Caros and Joe Jane because I know I need them. I, we can't, we, let me tell you something. We would not still be here. I, I'm not lying to you. I'm not exaggerating. We would be long gone, maybe dead and done with ministry if it wasn't for this couple and Joe Jane and Don Lee and the Donaldsons and Sam Boatwright. Man, they, they, they lifted us up and stood with us and prayed for us and gave us courage and invested in us. We could not be who we are, just Sam and I, doing what we're doing if it wasn't for those that have walked before us. It's a true story. I'm not giving flattery. I'm walking in Humility, knowing the importance it is of having those that have come before me and running with me. But I also have to turn and look to those who are coming behind me. It's both. It's not an either or. It's an and both. And we have to learn how to do this. And it takes intentionality to, to walk as a people as one. It's not easy. But who said kingdom was easy? I mean, I don't know, honestly, the more I read this, I don't see much about that. I see a lot about his grace. I see a lot about his strength and grace when we're weak. I see a lot about God opposes the proud, but grace to the humble. When I begin to humble myself, I go, we don't know how to do this. We need one another. 
You'll check in with me? Yeah, okay. When we, um, when we, and I've been thinking about the, the fathers and mothers in my, ha- in my life, my own mom and dad, they weren't perfect people. I don't know, I haven't been a perfect parent. Ask my kids, they'll let you know real quick. It's not about perfection at all. We're all disqualified for that. But it's about the relational design that God has established of fathers and mothers turning to sons and daughters and sons and daughters turning to fathers and mothers. See, the, the, the problem is sometimes you can think, I really don't need you. And that can go both ways, or any of all those generations that I listed. It's very easy. But you know what that is? That's, that's actually just pride. <laughs> In a spirit of independence, which is, I mean, I love America, I mean, we, but our culture is, is full of independence. But I'm telling you, kingdom is designed, we first and foremost need Jesus. Like if you're looking to anybody else to be what only he can be, you're going to be sorely dissatisfied because only he can fill that gap. But at the same time, he's the one that said, it's not good for man to be alone. And that's more than just husband and wife. We need one another. I need people that have wisdom and experience, that can, t- can speak wisdom, that can give me courage, that can help me have a perspective that I haven't, seen before that's going to love me right in the moment of my mess and go this isn't who you are you might have a mess to clean up but you need to remember who he is and who you are we need one another so when we um, moved up here we had um, five families including Bonnie and her crew (laughs) and um we all had little kids, and we all had we had this message down of hearts of the fathers to the children. We're intentional. We're, we're going to raise our kids that love Jesus, and they're going to know the presence of God and encounter him. And uh, But the thing is, we were the oldest, and we needed, we needed some wisdom and experience. <laughs> because, you know, when we were in Atlanta, and see, the thing is, you don't know what you don't know until you realize you don't know it. <laughs> Have you ever been in that situation? <laughs> and so, like, when we were in Atlanta, you know, the, the pastor that we were under, that covering, and we valued him. We appreciated all that he poured into us. It, to the point where we knew that God was telling us to come up here and start a church, but we didn't want to go until God spoke it to him, and he sent us out with a blessing. Because he had been the one that kind of had poured into us and invested and raised in that part of our journey. And that all happened, and that's another story for another day. But we, we didn't have, the, we wanted the older generation. We prayed into it. And you know what? There was a, that's how we were so blessed with this older generation. And we're probably going to spend some time in telling the story because the thing is it's important for us to know our history. Not that we look back to try to recreate, but that history is molding and shaping and helps give picture to where God wants to take us. So about a year, the Lord began a year ago when I was in um, Michigan. 
Guys, I could pro- I probably have like eight messages. So I won't do that to you today. <laughs> but we are going to talk on this a little bit more. Um, but a year ago when I was um, in Michigan, the Lord began to speak to my heart about why we're gathering and having intentionality to break down walls that we can actually get to know one another and run together. And so I've been kind of praying into that. And one of the first things um, he showed me, he highlighted to me, was our senior seniors. I call them my heroes of faith. I mean, they're living and acting, and they're right here in our midst. And that's, there is such a gift and such an honor. And I'm not, I'm not um, putting them on a pedestal, but I am saying they're not going to be with us forever. And I think it's important for us to um, honor them, receive from them, and help them know how important they are to us. Jennifer and I were, it's probably been three or four months ago on a Sunday, I don't remember what Sunday, but we were, anyway, the Lord was moving, and he was kind of, Holy Spirit was kind of tagging through us, and um, Joe Jane, do you remember this? Joe Jane said to us afterwards, you guys are kind of like on the front line, but we both said we couldn't be there if it wasn't for you, and she's praying into us. See, we, we recognize that. So I came back, and I told, I was talking to our staff, which most of them are, are younger, I guess they are all younger. <laughs> um, and I just said, I really am seeing like a place and a space to create a discussion panel um, with our, with our heroes of faith. And so in a couple of weeks, we're making space to do that. Mark your calendars, plan to come. It's going to be phenomenal. Okay, it's on the 15th. May 15th. And... You know, and so we got together with them. And, and this, would you guys do me a favor? Would you pray into this time coming up? Would you pray that everything, because the thing is, is that there's no way that everything that they carry can be released in a short amount of time. <laughs> but if anything, I want, I believe the Lord wants to put a salt tab in our mouth to make us thirsty to get to know those that are around us and to receive from them. So that's going to be coming up. I'm going to close with where I'm going to open next week. You hold me to it. We'll see if I do it. (laughs) Look at Exodus 17. When you go through the word, you're going to see patterns. You're going to see that Moses had a Joshua, and there was a relationship. 
It wasn't just a distant thing. They were in close proximity. And it, it wasn't a short time. They, they walked together for decades. You're going to see Elijah and Elisha. You're going to see Esther. What do y'all know Esther did? If I die, I die. She wouldn't have been in that place if it had not been for Mordecai. She was just like, oh, I can't go there. If I go there without the scepter, I'm going to die. And it was Mordecai that says, what if you are here for such a time as this? That nation was saved because of both places, both parts. Timothy had Paul. Paul also had Barnabas. We need the joining of the generations. And I think this scripture really points this, shows this very beautifully. In verse 8, it says, Amalek came and fought with Israel and Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, it's the first time Joshua's name is recorded in scripture. Choose us some men and go out Fight with Amalek tomorrow, for I'll stand on the top of the hill with a rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let his hands down, Amalek prevailed. Moses' hand became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, and then Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. That's a long time to keep your hands lifted with a rod over your head. Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. It was not the edge of the sword that won that battle. And it, it executed the battle. But it was won by the coming of the generation, each one properly positioned, and the rod of God, the authority. Joshua heard what Moses said to do, and he went and he did that. And Moses said, I'm going to go up there, and I'm going to stand up up here, and I'm going to lift up my hands, and, and I'm going to hold the rod. And as, as, he, as long as that rod was lifted up, Joshua's on the battlefield, and he's prevailing. He got tired, and then, see, it wasn't just Moses. Moses needed Aaron and her to come alongside and keep his hands up. It was a community. And, see, we live in an individualistic society that says, I got to take care of me, and I'm telling you, to do what God wants to do, it is a we. And we have to learn how to go after that and to be intentional against the disconnect and intentional. And, and the thing is, I understand, like, I, when... In, in the past, I'm better at it now, but someone kind of, hey, could you mentor me? I was like, I don't even know what that means. What does that even mean? <laughs> you know, but the thing is, is if I will ask the Lord 
Lord, turn my heart. Help me to both ways. I need my heart to turn both ways. I need my heart to turn to sons and daughters, but I also need my heart to turn to fathers and mothers in my life. And I, I want to learn how to walk together. I want to see where the, 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 the rod of God, the, that place of authority, as well as the sword, or where the Mordecai and the Esther and the Elijah and the Elisha, that we're running together and we're getting accomplished what the Lord desires to do in and through us. Like I said, I got it so much more. We'll pick up next week. Um, let me just wait on the Lord for a minute. This one um, recent incident that happened keeps coming up in my memories. I'm just waiting on the words. I want to share this with you. I was running. Um, actually, I wasn't running. I was walking. And I was, uh, on Tuesdays, I have a friend. Her name's Cecile. And we pray every Tuesday for the church. And so we were in the neighborhood, and, and we were praying. And I was telling her how I felt like the Lord had given me um, this idea to create space of having a panel discussion with our seniors. And I said, the thing is, is that this is going to be a stretch for them. I think it's going to be a stretch for our body. We don't have a template. This is not the way things are always done. <laughs> and I said, but I feel like... The enemy has so gone after those that are ahead of me, and they don't understand and know the value of what they impart to us. You know, like literally the chairs you're sitting in came from a generation before us. And, and so anyway, and there's a lot to that, but I'll just, so anyway, she and I were, talking, I'm walking, and I'm praying, and I start praying for our, um, you know, the older generation in our house, that, that they would not, um, not fully know their value to this body, and as I was praying, um, it's just very interesting, so I'm coming down, and I'm praying, and I see this car coming up towards me, 
And so I'm praying. I got my headphones on. I'm walking and praying and walking and praying. I'm just like, and I, and I said to my friend, um, I think this car is slowing down. And it was on, honestly, it was almost like an interruption almost because I was praying. <laughs> do y'all ever get interrupted a little bit? And you're like, oh, I shouldn't be interrupted. Yeah, because I, I want the Lord to do what he wants to do. And um, and so I said, I think they're stopping. So they pulled down the window, and this precious couple, Richard and Joanna, they're probably in their 80s. And um, they roll down the window, and they go, so we hear you running the marathon. <laughs> and I said, I am. And they said, when is it? I'm so flustered because I'm, I'm praying. Like, I'm actually praying for them. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I'm flustered because they arrive on the moment <laughs> in their vehicle, <laughs> which can represent ministry. I mean, the whole prophetic picture was crazy. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm kind of flustered. I was like, oh, it's in May. And they go, oh, really? Where is it? I said, no, no, it's not in May. It's in March. And, um, and they lean in. They go, you've got this. You can do it. We're cheering you on. That's all they said. And all of a sudden I'm like, Yeah. I've got this. I can do this. They see, they're believing. Let us know how it goes. And then they get in the car and they just keep going on. And I was just struck with, it was just them being aware of me and speaking, you've got this, keep going. And that's when Joe Jane, or it's like, you know, and you guys are, y'all are still running hard, but like you're imparting so much. And it's not like, and the thing is that we can, we'll have times that we'll be talking about other generations, but right now the Holy Spirit is highlighting these guys. So please, I encourage you, make sure. Have y'all enjoyed the testimonies? Is there sharing? So here, here's what I would say. I want you to be in prayer about how, because I told them two things I want to see happen on the 15th. One, I want them to know that they are honored and valued in this house. I want them not to know it. I want them to feel it. So I want you to be asking the Lord, what did my part look like in that? And just, and see, that's the thing is like, I'm just preparing, making space. You guys are here and then step out in faith in that okay and the other thing I want is an opportunity for them to impart to us and share and so our staff is meeting with them right now behind the scenes doing some interviews and then we're going to have some specific questions mostly about their journey in faith and also in the line of relationships that we're going to ask, and you know, it's new territory, but I'm believing we're going to step out in faith. Holy Spirit's going to come. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and so put some prayer into that, that everything that is to be released and received will come forth. And I believe it's just, I mean, it's not like, okay, you guys have done your check. No, but it's like, I believe it's going to be, who knows where God's going to take it. It's going to be good. The other thing I want you to ask the Lord to show you, Holy Spirit, would you show me any place that a spirit of independence is operating in my life where I don't think I 
need you or you. Any hindrance that would um, inhibit us from truly walking and running as one. Amen? You want to close it? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm excited about it because I know for who I am and where I am in my life, um, if I had not had some individuals speak into my life that were older, wiser, um, there was an old man by the name of Bryn Jones, and he used to be an apostolic father and planted almost 400 churches in England. And he uh, was sitting at the table one day, and this was in a time when I was trying to really discover who I am and what God had for me. And, and I was just sitting there with him, and he said, you know, he said, Sam, I know why you can't find a job right now. He said, because God's called you to be a pastor. And he has been resisting you because he wants you to see how he has wired you and that you were made to be a shepherd. And I was sitting here looking at him, and it was almost like E.F. Hutton, a moment where the light bulb came on, and I had an individual who was seasoned in the Lord speak into my life, and he said, God has created you to be a pastor. And, and I never realized that until he spoke it. And there's times in which those that have gone, that are here, that are older, have, you know, they get wisdom because not just that they're older, they get wisdom because they've experienced a lot and they've done a lot and they realize the things that you don't need to do and the things that you need to do. And, but their wisdom is there, which is so beautiful that it is able to speak into your life and, and kind of get you some direction in where you're going and what God has for you. And sometimes it comes through somebody that's been there, done that, and they've got a t-shirt. And they can say, you know what? I've been there. You don't want to go there. But God has a better place and a better direction for you. So I am very excited about this. Yes. God actually gave me a word for the older generation back in November. And I'd like to read it to you. It says, to the elderly who feel washed up and unable to do the things others do. I have more. Those prayers of faith are valuable. To the body of Christ who are in unbelief, those who are weak, your prayers uphold, uphold them. Your time is not up. It is just beginning. Hold on to what I have for you. It is coming. Just stand 
the tide is turning, those who wait upon the Lord will have their strength renewed. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand. Father, we praise you and thank you that you're God, our Father. And Father, we thank you that your wisdom and your knowledge is being imparted to us, your children. And Father, we're asking for this great mystery that would be unfolded in our very midst that we are, are a people of many generations. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all coming together as one. And that, Lord, there is something in the mystery of a generation that, that passes on the wisdom and the glory and the revelation from ages of old. That God is being passed down so that we might run the race set before us. So, Lord, I pray that, Father, the, the mystery of the revelation that is stored up in the wise would be released to those that are younger. And, God, I pray that there would be such a uniting of hearts that, Lord, it would provoke you to want to come back for that generation. That, Lord, your heart would be so moved because there is a people that are of all ages calling upon your name. Maranatha, come. Maranatha, return. And Father, we praise you and we thank you that, Lord, the day is soon arriving where you will split the sky and that you will return with a sound of a trump. And Lord, we thank you that you will gather up a generation of people into your arms. And Lord, we will be with you forever. So Father, we, we long for the day. Let it be soon, Lord God, that you would return and gather up your own. And we thank you and we praise you for that, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen.